a human father, a being, but Christ himself has never moved through the medium. And these people emphasized knowledge. You obtain salvation not through faith, but through the right kind of knowledge. And here as he had his food, he gave them this knowledge. The knowledge of certain secret things not revealed to others. He could come to a higher level of existence than the ascended splendor of the cosmos. And ultimately, this all comes down to man-centeredness. This is where all heresies have their root. By giving man a special position and by giving him a role one way or the other in his salvation. And so how do we know that such heresies with the truth, which is exactly what he has done. He had been with the Lord Jesus in the flesh. He had heard the words that he spoke, and he saw him, and he touched him. He was there when he was bodily nailed to the cross and laid in the grave. He was there after he had risen bodily from the grave. And he was there when he bodily rose into heaven. John says, that is what we proclaim. That is the truth. And only if we confess the truth that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Savior. And so, brothers and sisters, that's also what we are declaring. The truth. But what we have to keep in mind as we move forward with these studies, we have to be aware of those who want to distort the gospel such a way that they endanger our fellowship with God and each other. And we have to make sure that as we understand that truth, and also in our studies this afternoon, that's what I want to teach you about this morning. It is about faithful proclamation and experience of fellowship with God and each other. First, we will look at the proclamation. Secondly, fellowship with us. And finally, fellowship with God. John states that he proclaims to them what he has seen and heard. The gospel, brothers and sisters, consists of the spoken truth which is based on reliable witnesses. It is on the basis of the witnesses sent by God himself. And John was such a witness. He testifies to what he has seen and to what he has heard. And so when John writes these things, he does not come to something that he himself has thought up. John is not like a philosopher who sits and tries to remember. And he comes with his own thoughts and ideas about how this world and everything in it functions together. And who gathers around himself a following of like-minded people. John did not come to some kind of agreement with the other 11 apostles as to what meant the world and what they think the truth is. Something to make them famous. Something to show to the world how clever they are. Something to philosophy to make them famous and find 
Jesus Christ. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, is this a proclamation. It is announcement. It is a declaration. A proclamation of the truth. The only truth. It is not a message that is given out for money or for fame or for any other such reason. It is not some self-help book to help you lead a better life. There's something to it, but the Bible is true. The Bible describes the truth way of life. It contains many different ways of experiencing God. What is true to one may not be true to another. The Bible is written by men who experience God in different ways. They take the truck go even farther than this, and they say that you can find God and the truth also in many other kinds of truth. They all have an element of truth in them. And many Christians come to that kind of truth. You have your opinion about what the gospel is, and I have mine. Let's not squabble about different points of view. We're all Christians and we're all going to the same heaven. To me, that's one view, and another view isn't so bad either. Sometimes we also take that kind of view to the studies of some people. You know, they think that they're Baptists and Pentecostals and Seventh-day Adventists, and they all have their way of thinking. And they say, let's not get too excited about these kinds of things. Let's not get too excited about those who think differently about the covenant either, such as dispensationalists, for example, or those who believe that the gift of the New Testament was just the gift of healing and speaking in tongues, but that is still given to each and every believer. And we also all do this occasionally this year. We learn a lot from them. Therefore, it's no problem to read their books authoritative, no problem that it can teach us. Ultimately, it's only a difference of opinion that is being expressed. It's not such a big deal. We have our way of thinking, and they have their way of thinking. When it comes to the Christian religion, we don't have an exact science, and so we have to lead each other to different and not judge each other. that we don't do that with other things like food. For example, we don't decide what kind of car to buy. You can be very definite about that. I would never buy a Ford. They're no good. Or I would never cheer for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're a bunch of losers. Or I would never buy food at McDonald's. It's junk food. We shouldn't eat there either. We can be very assertive about certain things in life which, let's face it, in a final analysis, don't add up to a whole of beans. But when it comes to the doctrine of the Bible, it's different. That's when we have to leave people with their own choice. That's when we don't have a firm opinion. 
Testament that was the gospel. The gospel, brothers and sisters, is the good news of salvation. John says that that is what he proclaimed, the good news. What is that good news? The good news is that we have salvation through no works of our own. Now that is the most basic tenet of the Bible. And that is enormously important and also very easily understood. Much of it we could devote that. Yet it is that fundamental truth that is always being questioned. And that started already in paradise. You think you need God for everything? <laughs> Don't you think that you have some dignity and power of your own? you do, said the devil. It is that falsehood, brothers and sisters, that we have to continue to guard against. Satan continue wants you to think that you somehow have a role in your own salvation, that you can plan your own course, that you have a dignity of your own. establishes our relationship with him, with him. That is not something we can do. It is not something that we can cooperate with either. Listen to what the Lord Jesus himself says in John 44. He says, there no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. his covenant with the believers and their seed. That is why we have our children baptized, as will happen, the Lord willing, this afternoon once again, to emphasize that God is the one who calls you out of this world, which is in the name of the devil, into fellowship with him. That is what you and I confess in question and answer. 784 of Lord's Day 27. We confess that infants too should be baptized because infants as well as adults want God's covenant and confirmation. That's not just power. That's not just God helping <laughs> first class children. the basis of the Bible. Listen to 
with our Heavenly Father, the Creator of heaven and earth, you may not tamper with that relationship. You may not downplay the rules and the basis of the relationship either. For if you do, then you endanger your relationship with Him. For what is that relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father? of love, as all the other characters called him by, the covenant. And if you think that you can tamper with your marriage vows either, which you can, for sure you may have a good marriage, but it doesn't mean that you could play loose and fast with the rules of marriage. A wife, for example, wouldn't say to her husband that it doesn't matter that he watches pornography on his phone, or that it is okay that he leers at other women. Say to his wife that it's okay for her to flirt with other men every now and then, of course not. Now that may sometimes happen in your marriage, and that may mean that your marriage still may be intact, but nevertheless, then you are tampering with that covenant. And then you endanger the relationship. Maybe that you can still function as husband and wife. do not take the rules of a relationship seriously and confess the basis of the relationship in the right way, then you put that relationship on shaky ground. Then you will not experience the full blessings of the covenant, especially in the next generation. If you leave it up to your children to establish says, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you may also have fellowship. Second point, fellowship with Jesus. And that refers to fellowship with the Apostle John and all those who accept his testimony. You cannot separate the Father from the rest of his family, his bride, his children. Faithful fellowship with him means
Jesus Christ. But what sacrificial love has accomplished? Well, that means then that you share his love. And in a saving way. It means that then you share the forgiveness of sins. He gives it to you. And you give it to others as well. You don't hold the sins of other people against them. And you're compassionate and kind. But you also hold the reputation of the Lord Jesus Christ high. Because your identity is tied up with him. You don't tamper with that name. You don't allow others to diminish his name. Either through false teachings about him. And then you don't use books that do not come in the full gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you don't allow someone who is not committed to the reformed biblical faith teach you either. Please don't misunderstand this. I'm not saying that you can only read books written by reformed people. It does not mean either that those who are not reformed in their view of the covenant do not have anything to teach you. For sure, I read them as well. his relationship. Do not accept anything that puts that relationship on a shaky or weak surface. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is good. But you have to know what that gospel is all about. You have to know what the truth is. The apostle John knew. He was there saw him and God inspired him to write down this letter that is so that we can also know the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ the important truth and therefore we have to be careful that we maintain that truth about him that we do not tolerate heresies oh sure there can be certain opinions we all have our certain opinions about passages of the Bible either and that is because we are lacking in understanding, in our ability to understand communication, in our ability to communicate ourselves have been severely limited because of sin. There's no doubt about it. And so we should sharpen one another and instruct one another. There's a lot of room for discussion within the parameters of God's word. And as it is summarized in the Greek language, discussion when it comes to the important doctrines of salvation, and you have to call a spade a spade. Don't be afraid. The Lord Jesus Christ was not afraid to do so. Listen to what he said to the Pharisees, to those who wanted to earn their own salvation. He says in Matthew 23, verse 27, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. Paul wasn't afraid either. He condemned those who wanted to use man's effort as a condition for inclusion in the covenant. He did so in strong words. He writes in Philippians 3 verse 2, Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh, Life becomes so much. I've been asked to remember that. 
us not to be afraid to firmly rebuke those who do not want to proclaim the full gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, who do not want to confess what we confess. You have the three forms of unity, the Heidelberg Catechism and the Belgian Confession and the Canons of Dort. And they're called forms of unity because they unify us in our faith. They show us what we have in common. That is their very purpose. They were not written to replace the Bible by the Puritan. These confessions are meant actually to lead you deeper into the word of God. They are confessions which summarize your faith. They are statements of faith. In every article of faith, they use in those confessions those extensively quote from the Bible. They show exactly where they get it from. A confession is a statement of faith which summarizes what you believe. It is a declaration of what you believe. We have fellowship not only with each other, but our fellowship is also with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. assures you that you are one with him, that you share everything that he has. He is the almighty creator of heaven and earth, and he makes his whole creation available to you and to me. And it's very important for us to have that assurance. For those who want to base their relationship with God on something that they have to sisters, that's not what John says here in this text, does he? He says, fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. He uses the present tense. He doesn't leave a doubt. He doesn't say that our fellowship could be if you do all the right things with our Father in Heaven. No, it is. Our hope is a sure hope our salvation is based on God and on no one and nothing else. That is the strength of the biblical. That is the strength of the reformed faith. That is what we confess and that is what we must continue to confess. But don't let that security lull you to sleep. That's a great danger. So don't think that because you have that assurance that therefore you can have one faith for all. Just sit back and watch it all happen. No, 
doesn't mean that you can just be a human every Sunday. Listen to what the inspired Apostle Paul says to the Philippians. He says in chapter 3, verse 12, that you must continue to work out your salvation of those who have the assurance of salvation for you and for me. You think that you've got it made in the shade. Sure, God saves you, he alone. But then you also have to show in your life that you are a saved sinner. That it isn't in the shade. As we look forward to the confetti season, we need everyone to come back. in their task, serving, encouraging, showing hospitality, generosity. We have to follow their example. Often 80% of the work is done by 10% of the people. Sometimes it's not. There are so many ways in which you can be involved and should be involved. We need one another. Next Sunday, the Lord willing, we will celebrate the Lord's Supper. What a wonderful occasion that is, brothers and sisters. Then you too get to see and to touch the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ as represented in the element of the bread and wine. And then you get to hear the very words of the Lord Jesus Christ himself when we institute the Lord's Supper. We are going to be sitting around the table because we have the Lord Jesus Christ in common. And then you can hear about the love of the Lord our God and the wonderful gift that he sent to us. Realize what a wonderful gift and love that is. Brothers and sisters, I think of Ruben and Alvin and Mike and Nellie Mears. And I love each and every one of you. Yet I would never give you my son so that you can abuse him and ridicule him and put him to shame and finally put him to death. But that is what your father in heaven did for you and for me so that we can have fellowship with him and with each other in eternity. Let us treasure and cherish him now and forever. Amen.